the wall did its job. They're asking penalty. for a handball, and it's given. They've got the penalty. Ask for the handball. And referee Joe Dickerson gave them what they were asking for. Can it be a red card? It is! He's going to the back pocket, and Orlando City are going to be down to nine men. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Orlando Soccer Show, where today we will be talking about that thing that happened in Texas, that thing that happened at Exploria Stadium, and that thing that happened in Kissimmee. What are these things? Stay tuned to find out. How was that intro? Good? Fantastic. All right. Uh, welcome in, everyone. My name is Austin David. Kyle Foley is here with me. We're going to break down the Orlando-Austin game. We're going to break down the Orlando... Chicago game for the Pride, and then we're going to talk about OCB laying it on Miami in MLS Next Pro. So without further ado, Kyle, how's your day going? Uh, You know, better than Orlando City's. Well, they didn't do anything today. They, they're, they're, they're training today. Nobody they're, nobody has to know what day today is. Nobody, nobody has to know. Sure. Well, anyways, by the time this comes out, today, Orlando plays Miami in the U.S. Open Cup. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But first, boy, howdy, let's talk about that Orlando and Austin game. I was there, and boy, that was interesting. (laughs) I don't know how to describe what happened in that game. It started magically for Orlando. They were gifted a goal by Brad Stuver. Uh, the starting goalkeeper for Austin. He literally passed it to Junior Urso, who then slots it over to a waiting Urchon Kara, who taps it in. It's one nothing in the second minute. At that point, Orlando's pretty good. Like they're 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 looking pretty good. Austin, they weren't looking pretty good. They were looking bad. Um, they they were miss missing passes. You know, they they were getting chances taken away from them. Orlando was playing pretty good to their credit, but Austin was not. And then. 20 minutes later, Orlando's knocking on the door again. Ball deflects, gets to the uh, back post. Juan is there, and he scores his second of the year. It's 2-0 Orlando on the road. Big surprise, considering how good Austin has been this year. They get to halftime. It's 2-0, and Orlando's been bossing the game to that point. You know, they didn't have possession necessarily, but it didn't feel like they were the lesser team, if that makes any sense. Statistically, yeah, it, it looked like it. But if you watch the game, as much as possession Austin had, they did nothing with it. And as much possession as Orlando had, they did a lot with it. So first half was great for Orlando. And then 10 minutes into the second half, everything falls apart. Rodrigo Schlegel gets a yellow card for a handball. And he concedes a free kick. On the ensuing free kick, he's in the wall. The chicken wings his arm out. It's another yellow penalty, and he's sent off. So a a combination of bad for Orlando in that moment. Uh, Austin scores the penalty. Diego Fagundes, or no, it was Sebastian Driussi who scored. It's 2-1, and Orlando's down a man for the rest of the game. So at this point, you're saying, okay, well, defend, see the game out, 
hopefully you end up with a 2-1 win, which is what they're at. And considering how Austin was looking offensively, it looked possible. And, you know, maybe a 2-2 draw. That's simply uh, the possibility of when you're down a man. Orlando's done it before, which is crazy. Um, then seven minutes later, Cesar Araujo goes into a silly challenge on Alex Ring, sticks his foot out into his groin. Whether he made contact or not is is not really a, a debatable issue. It was just a really dumb play from a 20-year-old, and he gets sent off after VAR review. So now Orlando is down to nine men. And Kyle, do you want to know something about Orlando City and nine men? What about Orlando City and nine men? Orlando City has had multiple players sent off in an MLS match seven times in club history. No other team has had more than four such games since Orlando joined MLS in 2015. So that means Orlando has played with nine players more often than any other team since 2015. Seems uh, not great. Seems excessive, if you ask me. Yeah, now, I would I would lean towards that. This this is this is where things get wild because Orlando's down to nine men. You're defending for the next thirty minutes with nine men. You have a game on Wednesday. Your your bench is a bit depleted. How do you go about handling this? Well, Oscar made some subs, brought in some players, Tesho Akindele made his first return back from injury since April, and he was kind of running around. He had a, a, a few little chances that um, just to kind of relieve some pressure. But Orlando, to their credit, and Kyle Smith, his center back, <laughs> in, in place of Rodrigo, did the job until the 90, 90th plus five minutes. That's when things got wild. So... Ball goes into the box. There's seven minutes of stoppage time because of injuries and red cards, etc. So I was honestly expecting it to be more. Pleasantly surprised that it was less. Ball gets put into the mixer. It's headed off of a Austin FC player and out of play. Everyone in the press box who are, you know, all there for Austin, they're like, well, that might be it. All of a sudden, the ref gives a corner. Everyone's like, huh? But it hit off of this player. Sure, sure did. Sure did. On, on the replay, it, it definitely hit off of the player. And, um, well, the ref did not change it. It can't be reviewed. So, Joe Dickerson, the, the head referee for the game, points to the corner. And, well, <sighs> y'all know what happens next. Austin Tyatt, game ends 2-2. Now, here's here's the kicker with that play. The player who uh, knocked out the ball, right? That was uh, Jite, who hadn't played since like March because apparently he was fasting for Ramadan, so he was out of form and out of fitness. So he was the one who accidentally headed the ball out, and he was the one also clamoring that it was a corner. He got his wish. He's also the one who scored the game-tying goal. So, naturally, everybody's pissed. 
Orlando players are pissed. Oscar is pissed. His coaching staff is pissed. They got yellow cards after the play. And that wasn't even that the 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 end of it because if you look at the replay, the ball wasn't even on the uh the the line for the corner. It was off the line a few inches closer and apparently from what somebody else told me, it was rolling. So there's like three different things on that play that Orlando had uh issue with. And of course, nothing is is done. Um and that's it. You know, Oscar was in the press conference. I was sitting down with him. I've never seen him that upset. It was it was it was something. Like I I genuinely have never seen him that like angry. And it wasn't necessarily angry, it was just more frustrated. And you you could just hear it in his voice. He was just like, I'm really just I'm done with this. Like this is ridiculous how we continuously have to deal with this stuff. But um here, I'm just going to play you his uh, little bit at the end here. Eh, deja mucha frustración. La jugada del corner es increíble. Es increíble. Increíble. It's unbelievable. The corner that they gave up is unbelievable. 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 Unacceptable for me. It's in front. They're in front. What What can you tell? Can I tell you? The boys are working hard, and 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 then teams doesn't need to be given anything, you know. Austin have a lot of players there that can do things. So that play was unbelievable. So una jugada increíble esa corner. Entonces hay mucha frustración, lógicamente. Pero ya está. Listo, muchachos. Gracias. So yeah. A little bit of Spanish mixed into that, of course. The, the, Span- the question that was asked to him before he answered that question was in Spanish. And he started out answering it in Spanish and then went straight into English so that everyone could hear how frustrated he was. Um, but I was getting ready to ask him another question, and then he was like, all right, thanks, everyone. Bye. And then just got up and left. So that was that was kind of the mood, understandably, but that was the mood. Yeah, normally, normally my stance when there's complaint about referees, like from fans or from from teams or whatever, is always like, okay, whatever, like, it's it's that's dumb, get over it. But this was like genuinely, and this has kind of been our our position for years. Like, pro referees are just bad, and we saw it again. We saw it again here, and it's like I get it. Like I understand his frustration, and it wasn't talking about, you know, and even he even says like he's not he's not there saying Austin did deserve anything. He's not there saying that Orlando are, are by far the better team or anything like that. It was just, you know, you, you get stuff that that's completely beyond the, 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 the norms of the game in terms of refereeing, just how, just how bad it is. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it, it is, it is frustrating. And it, like, you get to a certain point where there's, there's no option. There's no answer other than, other than the league needs better referees, but that's not a thing anyone can do about outside of the league. Yeah, I remember I I feel like I've talked about this many times. Uh the um the head it was uh, the head of pro referees or one of the the people involved. Um he's their GM now, I think. Uh Howard Webb, who was a a former uh Premier League ref. He's he was kind of the the 
figurehead of, of pro right now. This was probably 2018 or 2019, January or, or so of probably 17 or 18, actually. It was either in LA or in Chicago. I remember going to a talk with him. And I remember him saying to everybody in attendance that MLS has the best assistant refs in the world. And I remember tweeting that exact quote from Howard Webb. And do you know the response that it got from I mean, the people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can imagine. It's, it's not very... But I feel like that's also, like, not even just an MLS thing. I feel like if any referee organization says they have the best, any sort of referees, they can say we have the best linesmen in the world, and you're going to get people to have a hot take on it because they're referees and nobody likes referees. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's... And that's where I think... But, like, that's where some of these issues with, with Orlando and the stuff that's happened. Like, this isn't just fandom the referees suck this is just genuinely the referees as a whole i mean even even the mls subreddit was talking about how how angry orlando should be at pro like it wasn't making fun of orlando for being angry mm-hmm. and it's like dang when when even the internet has acknowledged like you've got a case yeah again it, it's it's it hasn't been a a quiet thing that Orlando City has been upset about this year. Um, sadly, you have um, the other game early in the season that was in Chicago, where Junior Urso's goal was taken off the board because of an alleged Urjankara handball in the buildup. So there's also that, plus the amount of fouls that Orlando City has been uh suffering this year i mean i'm pretty sure cesar araujo even though he missed some of the game this past sunday is still the most fouled player in the league and when you look at just in general i uh just just how many times players have been fouled um I think Orlando has a number of players in the top. So as of right now, Araujo is actually second to Emmanuel Reynoso, who is an attacking mid. So put it to you this way. Uh, Araujo as a defensive mid is the only defensive mid who's currently in that category of the top eight fouled players. Everybody else is an attacking mid. Which, that which says makes a little bit sense. about right. It makes more sense because he's going to have the ball more more often, but Araujo doesn't necessarily have the ball more often, right? Uh, I think I want to say out of out of everybody else in the tops, uh, you have Junior Urso and Mauricio Pereira within the top fifteen, who both have been fouled twenty nine uh, times each. So you have Araujo at 39, Urso and Pereira at 29. Which, again, should say something. It's gotten better, but at the beginning of the season, player, I mean, teams are fouling Orlando 20, 30, 40 times. They were not quite 40, but, you know, it, it was getting to, like, combined, like, 40 fouls in a game. 
And yes, Orlando is still the most fouled team in the league. They have suffered over 200 fouls in 13 games. And considering where they are in the standings is somewhat impressive because the other top five fouled teams in the league, San Jose, Kansas City, Chicago, all close to the bottom in their respective conferences. Well, that is that is actually an interesting interesting stat to think about when realizing that Orlando is is the only one of its peers there that's that's done well on the field. Um, I'm not sure how much those two actually factor into each other. Like I'm, <laughs> they I'm don't. Interested. It's just interesting. I'm, no, no. I, but I think you're right. I'm I'm interested. Kind of the not the reasoning, but the 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 combination between those. I'm kind of curious on how that comes to be. Mm. And then I'm also kind of curious what there even is that Orlando can do. I, mean, I don't know what it, what it is that leads Orlando to get fouled so much. And and I think that's what's partially frustrating too. I, is, is it it's, it's the, the style way of play? The teams, it's the way the teams play them. If you watch the way Orlando plays, they like to possess the ball. And teams know that if they pressure them or, or you know, kind of push them off their rhythm, then they're easier to beat. Yeah. And I think obviously the unfortunate part there is with with pro being as bad as they are, you don't you don't get cards and you don't get there's no there's no real discipline, and so it could be frustrating because you, you see those things continue to be allowed to happen. You could play a team rough constantly to the point of maybe a little maybe being a little over the top, and then unfortunately nothing's done because there's nothing called. Right. Yep. It's tough. Tough times for Orlando City right now. They'll be missing both Schlegel and Araujo in their league game against Dallas. So you may end up seeing... I mean, you're probably going to see Sebas Mendes in the midfield, which makes sense. But defensively speaking, either Thomas Williams or maybe even Kyle Smith at center back. They did do that last time. Maybe they'll go three back. I don't know. Might be very interesting. Maybe Thomas Williams will start. Maybe Brandon heard, Hackenberg will get a a, a last second signing. And I heard they're I heard play. they're they're almost at the point where they're about to ask you to start. I, I mean, you'd be better off having Mason Stadahar play a center back <laughs> than me. I would say, at least he's You're got soccer skills. So many so many limited options. They're gonna. They're gonna need I, every, listen, everyone. I'm I'm six two and I I can run for about ten minutes. Um, my, I'm not ninety minutes fit. I feel like I feel like they'll take they'll take ten minutes. Look, when you're missing that many people, <laughs> you can't afford to be that picky. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, you could try and convince Ico Parra out of retirement. He's out there. Yeah, no, it's true. It's not there's, as fun there's as, options. There's options. Not as, not as fun as my solutions, but you know, I'll I'll allow serious takes and solutions. <laughs> it's fine. We try and be serious here. Trying. Sometimes it, yeah. after what it's just hard after the the way that game went to want to be serious, you know what I mean? It was it's a it was a rough weekend to be mm. an Orlando soccer fan. I, it was not. Super... Yeah, imagine how it was being there, sitting in the press conference room with them. Yeah, oof! I man, traveling all the way there for that game. Good on you. I mean, I, I also went for the barbecue and and to see my friend, but. 
yeah that was that was kind of one of the main reasons i was there <laughs> what a time what a time anyways uh moving on tonight orlando plays miami in the round of 16 for the u.s open cup chance to get to the quarterfinals something they haven't done since 2019 to be fair the u.s open cup hasn't really existed since 2019 so orlando can just build off of whatever they did the last time in the u.s open cup which had adam grinwis as the starting keeper uh the last time they made it to the uh quarterfinals they were beating nycfc in that penalty shootout with the running of the wall so hopefully not as much drama in this game against miami who have been pretty good as of late. Um, been genuinely surprised at their their latest form. Um, they're undefeated in their last four matches in all competitions. They just beat the New York Red Bulls in Miami. Well, technically Fort Lauderdale. 2 nothing. And considering that the Red Bulls had not lost a game on the road this season, that was a pretty big result for them. Um, they came into this game beating the uh, Tacoma Defiance. Is it the Tacoma Defiance? Um, or was it... Who the heck did they play? I hate to break it to you, but you are our lower division expert on the show. Yeah, no. It, it was it was a team that started with T. It's Tormenta. South Georgia Tormenta FC. That's who they beat, not Tacoma Defiance. That's that's a, that's a MLS Next team now. Uh, Tormenta. They beat him 3-1, and that was the game afterwards that Gary Neville uh, said that T- Tormenta deserved to win and that Miami did not. So you mean you mean Phil Neville? I said Gary, didn't I? You did. Yeah. They're very similar. Did you know they're related? I did know that actually. Mm. I think most people knew that. <laughs> to to be fair. <laughs> yes, I know. But, but yes, I I was aware. Yeah. Well, anyways, the other Neville did say that Tormenta was the uh, deserving winners of that game, even though they lost three to one. Uh be tormented be losing three to one to miami but in that game robbie robinson uh decided to go crazy and throw a haymaker so he's suspended for this game against orlando um they still will have a, a couple of their players available and probably have a, a full contingent of starters available for this game it's a chance for miami not only to to win in orlando but also to make it further than they've ever made it in the u.s open cup which is well, now, because it's the first year they've played in the U.S. Open Cup. So anything from here on is gravy for them because this is this is their their inaugural run in the Cup. So this will be very interesting to see how things play out. I'd imagine Orlando plays and tries to rest some players, maybe starts out with a Mikey Holiday as a fullback. Probably Thomas Williams, maybe resting... Johnson. I don't know. I do not know. But it'll be a fun game. Um, Magic of the Cup. You never know what'll happen. Uh, fifteen nil win. That's what. That's what'll happen. But to who? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> We're gonna let that be a mystery. Okay. And sure. then that way, my chances of being correct double. Is it is it is it likely? Absolutely not. Would it be fun? Like you said, hopefully there's not the drama that there was the NYC FC game last year. I'm saying the opposite. I I want the drama. I want the chaos. 
I mean, that is the magic of the cup, chaos. Exactly. Now, there are eight games that are being played for the U.S. Open Cup, including a couple of minor league teams involved. Louisville City is hosting Nashville. If they win, Louisville City comes to Orlando or Miami, depending on who wins that game. Uh, They are also Union Omaha, the USL League One lone representative. They're playing Minnesota United. And Sacramento Republic is out west playing the San Jose Earthquakes. So you've got a a few minor league teams still involved, still very interesting uh, to see how they fare against the MLS teams, if the MLS teams take it seriously enough. And then also to the nightcap for tomorrow or tonight's game is Galaxy LAFC. El Trafico. And that's at Galaxy. So we'll see how this all plays out. Orlando, once again, will play on Saturday against FC Dallas. So Oscar's got a lot on his plate to try and figure out. But you would think that at least go for the the win at US Open Cup because it's your best chance at winning a trophy at this point. You make it to the quarterfinals, you make it to the semifinals, you make it to the final. So from here on, I think you need four wins. You need to win in the round of 16, then in the quarterfinals, then the semifinals, and then the final. If you can win four games in a row, not specifically in a row, because there'll be games for the league interspaced, you get a trophy. The first trophy for Orlando City in MLS history, not counting the preseason trophy they won for that tournament that they hosted themselves. Pretty impressive to give yourself a trophy for a tournament that you hosted, though. I I respect the power play. I want to say they still have it in the office somewhere. I mean, I feel like until you get more trophies, you got to like prominently display it, right? Yeah. The the 20, what, 2018 or 2019 Orlando City Invitational. I think it was 18. Can you imagine how embarrassing it would be if Orlando City didn't get invited to the Orlando City Invitational? Yeah, it'd be pretty embarrassing. Can't imagine what would happen there. Anywho, um, that's all for Orlando City, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Uh, no, except that I will also be joining you at the FC Dallas game, uh, on the weekend. I don't, uh, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave a little surprise, but I will, uh, I'll also be there at the game. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting times. Right. So we'll stick with, with the Orlando city, Miami theme because Orlando city B played inter Miami FC or CF two this past Monday. Or actually, it's it's a week ago. Was it, no, no, it was a week ago Saturday. So this past Saturday, uh, they did play this a uh, Monday prior to this past Monday, but that one was a loss. Uh, it was a surprise because boy, nobody saw that coming from OCB. They absolutely destroyed Inter Miami two. Not only did Jack Lynn score a hat trick, but Orlando scored three other goals to win 6 nothing. How about that? Seems pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Do you want to know where Orlando City B currently stand in the MLS Next Pro standings? I mean, the... the- this, those standings aren't real things, but I'll still let you tell me anyway. 
Uh, they're currently uh, seventh out of ten oh. teams. Man, that's embarrassing. I thought it was going to be something good. No, this was only their second win of the season. Uh, however, their goal decision is now three after winning 6 nothing. Meanwhile, Inter-Miami's goal decision is minus 13, which you is the goal, worst. Goal, goal, goal difference? Yeah. You said you said goal decision. Play back the tape. My hearing's, later. Not that, my hearing's not that bad. Anyways, the goal difference is 3-4 Orlando City, minus 13 for Inter-Miami now. They have scored 10 and allowed 23. Orlando has scored 10 and allowed 7. So all of that, though, is to say that, like, if that league is operating as intended, like, placing and those things don't matter. It's just game time for for young players developing. Sure, they do have playoffs, though. Right, but it just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, like I get it. Winning, I mean, winning helps the, the kind of culture and the mentality sure, of everything. Sure, sure. I think they're, yeah. But, like, where you finish on the season, I don't think matters. I don't think... Especially for a lot of these guys who have just played together for the first time this year, right? Well, that's and that's what a lot of it's going to be is even throughout the season. Just you'll get you'll get mixed and matched lineups, and like that's the nature of a development league, right? And uh, out of the seven games they've played, they've won two, they've lost three, they've drawn two, but in those two draws, they have won in the shootout. So those two draws are two points each, because of the draw, you get a point for the draw and a point for the shootout win. So that's four points. How do they only have 10 points? That doesn't make any sense. Because if they have two wins, that's six. Oh, yeah. And then two draws, that's seven, eight. And then plus two shootout wins, that's nine, ten. Yep, they have 10 points. 10 points in seven games. Fun times. Well, anyways, back to Orlando City B. Uh, their next game coming up is against FC Cincinnati 2 on May 29th. That is also at home at 7 o'clock. So this weekend, you could have a full contingent of games. Friday Pride, Saturday City, Sunday OCB. All at home. This is like a pretty good way to spend the weekend. If you really want your soccer fix, do it now because after this weekend, Orlando is off until the 15th. They don't play another game, or Orlando City at least. They don't play another game until June fifteenth. Is this a? It's an international break, right? Correct. It's just it, like, and I know I shouldn't have to ask that question, but it is always. I say always. It, it can sometimes be hard to to know what MLS is breaking for, considering when they do and when they don't mm. break. Uh, because I know earlier in the season we had issues with uh, like Pedro Galese was out because he was on international duty and. That was a thing that happens in this league because we don't follow international calendars. That's another long-held complaint that that I've had for years. But you know, so at least this time we don't have to worry about playing with like third and fourth string. Like, who the hell is this? But we need a body, so I guess I'll take it. All right. Well, shall we move on? Yep. Time to talk about the pride and woof. You come off a big win on the road against a team that hardly ever loses at home in North Carolina. Come home, and you play 
the Chicago Red Stars, who to that point had only played two games in the season. They still have Mallory Pugh. Still a decent team. But, ah, what happened? At the end of it, it did finish 4-2 to two in favor of Chicago. To begin the game, though, the first three goals were scored by Chicago. It was 3-0 in the 64th minute, including two... I don't even I don't even know if they quantify as bad. They're they're worse than bad, they're worse than terrible, but gifts to Chicago from the back line. Uh Amy Turner who made her first appearance of the season basically just passed to a Chicago player from the back and well, uh, it was Mallory Pugh, so she's not missing that very easily. Um Yeah, I I I think that they're still trying to figure out defensively what they want honestly the pairing in the back line with Carrie Lawrence and Megan Montefusco has been their best center back pairing with Celia Jimenez and Courtney Peterson out wide. I think that based on this midweek game that they had, they had to shift the lineup around a little bit. Now they've got some time to rest recuperate. They may go back to that lineup again, but it was just kind of difficult having different players out and in, and, well, it showed. Orlando was down 3 nothing. They got a penalty. Tene LaRue was fouled in the box, got the penalty, uh, took it not very well, and Alyssa Nair saved it. So it was certainly looking like it was going to be just bad for Orlando. And in the 83rd minute, uh, Carrie Lawrence, or excuse me, it was Courtney Peterson, uh, Got on the free kick, crossed it in. Amy Turner back post header. Orlando get one back. It's 3-1. And then on the other side, Courtney Peterson fouls a player in the box for Chicago and gives away a penalty. So Courtney Peterson giveth. Courtney Peterson taketh away. And Mallory Pugh scores her second of the game to make it 4-1. So at this point, you're saying, good job, good effort. Try again next time. And then Leah Pruitt just a minute later. Gets a ball from Abby Kim, turns, has her initial shot blocked, and then fires past Nair to make it 4-2. And you're like, huh. Well, we've seen crazier things happen. Can they come back and score two more in the next three? Uh, They could not, and it ended (laughs) 4-2. But they made it interesting at the very end. Uh, Three goals scored from the 83rd to the 87th minute. So at least that was something. But uh, Aaron McLeod did feel the need after the game to tweet out, I want to thank the Orlando Pride fans for continuous support. I want to be better. We all want to be better. And last night just wasn't good enough. We will continue to work together and grow together. So, they do care. They were very upset about the fact that they uh, let their fans down. And so, here's hoping that Friday against the Washington Spirit, will be better now as of right now orlando has dropped to fifth in the standings uh they're currently minus three in goal differential the only team uh above the playoff line that is in the negative goal differential so they've got that with orlando city in common um they're playing washington who out of their four games have they've played they're one two and one orlando two one and two there's a chance for Orlando to do something here this weekend. Washington is still fairly good. 
they still got some fairly good players. And again, just like Orlando City, I don't know what to say about the Pride just yet. They, they are a very interesting team, and it's still very early in the season. So we will see how things play out. But through the first couple games of the season here in NWSL, I don't think anybody expected the two expansion franchises to be top of the league. And also um, for Alex Morgan to be the the league leader in goals. That that shouldn't be much of a surprise to anyone. Are, are no, you that, sure? Because have you seen her last couple years in Orlando? Yeah, I don't think that was indicative of her as a player. I think uh, <laughs> I think there were other problems with that. I mean, sure, there were other things happening, but it's it's interesting to see how San Diego, who was expected to be one of the worst teams this year, has basically just used Alex Morgan like Alex Morgan should be used in a team, and now she has scored six goals in yeah, five games. I mean, she's she's like one of the best u.s women's players in history but not domestically in league play sure but i think if you put her in a team and you use it right like she's she's extremely capable so i think i would say I so yeah yeah being, being um, in a team that that is doing that it shouldn't be too surprising that right no, no no you're absolutely right now here's the thing last year 13 games played five goals for the pride this season five games six goals yeah they, i just think she's on, she's on a better team I, I know I know typically expansion teams aren't supposed to be as good, but I, I don't think I I didn't think San Diego was not gonna be very good. I mean that the opposite. I thought there was no way San Diego could not be good. When you have an ownership group like that that comes in, when you've got players like that that are that are on your first roster, I think I think there's almost an expectation that you have to be good. Yeah. Put it to you this way, the the most goals she's ever scored in league play was back in 2017, the last time the Orlando Pride made the playoffs. She scored nine in 13 matches played. Certainly looks like she's going to break that this year, the I, way she's been I, playing. I would hope so, for her sake. Yeah. Just goes to show you that all they needed was a team in California for her to really show her uh, her talent domestically. So there you go. Welcome to... <laughs> Welcome to the Alex Morgan experience here in 2022. Ah, lovely times. All right. Outside of that, uh, we'll, we'll be back next week, um, but not in the conventional sense. We'll, we'll finish out the show here in a second, but I do want to kind of preview what we're going to do next week. Since uh, Orlando City does not have a game until the 15th, and um, Orlando Pride... They do have a game in between on June 3rd, which is next Friday against the Houston Dash in Houston. Uh, but then they have some time off in between because they don't play until the 12th of June. We're going to go ahead and um, get an interview going. So we had the chance to talk to former Orlando City homegrown player Tommy Redding about everything, about what he's been up to, his experience playing soccer, his experience in outside of soccer, why he was kind of over it. What was it like playing under Premier League manager Jesse Marsh when he was with the New York Red Bulls? And just a lot of other different topics that we kind of covered. So very excited uh, for people to hear that. That'll probably debut early next week. And um, yeah, 
looking forward for everyone to to hear that with that shall we finish up the show kyle i think we shall so we've got weird news and red cards and where are they now kyle last week we talked about where are they now for dylan powers we did the orlando city's most successful former former player in the scottish premier league that is correct so now we'll switch it up and go back to the orlando pride and we will talk about where are they now with chioma ubogagu now she has been playing in england for the last season or so basically since 2021 she was playing with tottenham and uh, most recently, there has been an article that was uh, written by her about why she hasn't been showing up in games. And it was very uh, eye-opening because, you know, she there was really no news about why she wasn't playing in games. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's writing the, the, the article and saying, hey, guys, I've been suspended because of uh, performance-enhancing drugs. It's not technically performance enhancing drugs but um the 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 crazy thing is it she, she got suspended for acne cream so it, it's it's a banned substance that she was using to treat her acne on her face and she went into this whole thing with her, her article in the players tribune talking about how she's struggled with acne her entire life you know uh her dermatologist recommended this this substance to put on her face and yeah that's a, a banned substance because it it's used to uh it, it uses a diuretic it, it's used to mask other substances so like if that's found in your system you're just like oh well what else are you taking you know um but here's the issue the law is kind of black and white with these things. So um, the, she could have been banned for two to four years from all of football. And um, yeah, basically since January 18th, there was a provisional suspension sent out and uh, she could be, she could have been suspended for, for 48 months. She's 29 years old. That could be it for her. And at the end of the day, she, um, I think she only got a suspension um, for like the rest of this year, I want to say. So things worked out okay for her, but, you know, there there was a, a lesson to be learned in that. And uh, it was definitely something for, for Chi to go through that... Uh, kind of to push it more home that that this is something she's meant to do and that that she's you know a stronger person made her stronger through the the ordeal so uh that is where former pride player chioma ubogagu is uh now and just for those who don't know uh chi played for orlando from 2017 to 2019 uh played in 58 games for the pride and scored 12 goals actually got a call up uh to the u.s national team while playing for the pride uh, but ended up going into um, the English national team where she's played uh, three games and scored a goal since 2018. So that's where are they now for Chi Ubogagu. All right. 
on to weird news. Kyle. Oh, boy, do I you have know mine. the deal. I feel like that's what you say every week now. Oh, boy, I have mine. Go ahead. Wa- Walmart apologizes for Juneteenth ice cream flavor. Hmm? Walmart is apologizing for a new flavor of the retailer's branded ice cream called Juneteenth, which is sparking criticism that the company is trying to cash in on the holiday, commemorating the end of slavery in the U.S. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds like Walmart. I think they absolutely. I, I'm surprised their statement was wasn't. Yeah, we are cap uh, cashing in. Try to stop us. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, hey. This is going to be kind of something that we can talk about because, um, well, we did talk about Tommy uh, with Tommy Redding uh, about NFTs, and it just so happens that NFTs are currently in the news because Seth Green, who's most famous for Robot Chicken <laughs> and uh, the Austin Powers movies, he uh, had his bored ape, which is an NFT, stolen, and apparently it was supposed to star in his new show. So a scammer stole his NFT, sold it on the the black market, and now Seth Green is currently trying to get a hold of the Twitter user that bought it to get it back. And the 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 just the hoops I have to jump through mentally to understand this was a lot because it's just like there's there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is. It's a silly world we live in, Austin. Yeah, very much so. Well, that that's my weird news. Uh, any red cards or playing advantages for you, Kyle? Ooh, um, I'm going to play advantage to Brandon Sanderson because every book he writes is an absolute banger. I've been making my way through all of his books. I only have a handful left of the ones that are out and they are all somehow better than the last. Hmm. Also, also, he is not like George R.R. R. Martin, who promises a book will come out and then never writes the book. He actually like releases his books and even <laughs> releases extra ones that nobody was expecting. He's he's that guy. So You, lo- you love to see it. You really do. Uh, my playing advantage today is to the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie. I enjoyed that quite a bit, and... Um, I appreciated every insignificant reference to anything I grew up with in that movie. And it just kind of was like, there were moments where it's like, I can't believe they actually referenced this. It was just fun. It was a fun movie. And if you grew up in the 90s watching Chippendale or, you know, anything in general that had to do with the 90s or early 2000s, you'll love this movie. Have you seen it, Kyle? I have not yet, but it is on my list. It is a thing that I will be watching eventually. I just haven't had the time yet, but it does look very good. So uh, yes. it has has ugly Sonic in it. So how could it be bad? Yeah. Played by Tim Robinson from I Think You Should Leave. That is top-notch memory. 100%. Love ugly Sonic. Anywho, I think that's it. I think we're we're going to call it a day there. In record time, no less. But then again, there's a game today, so why why listen to us for an hour and a half when you can listen to us for 50 minutes and be done and move on and get your primer for today's game? So, Orlando, Miami, U.S. Open Cup tonight at 7. Orlando City also plays on the weekend against FC Dallas. 
Pride also play on the Friday against Washington, and Orlando City B play on Sunday in Kissimmee. Full of soccer weekend. We'll see you next week here on the Orlando Soccer Show with our interview with Tommy Redding. For Kyle Foley, I'm Austin David. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you in the next one. In your dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown. Water trash!